Hello, and welcome to the Warden Fintech Podcast. I'm your host, Kian Asani, and today we're joined by Terry Angelos, SVP and Global Head of Fintech at Visa. At Visa, Terry is responsible for leading global strategy and programs around how Visa engages with, invests in, and partners with innovative fintechs that are creating new payment solutions and capabilities that drive the payments ecosystem. Prior to joining Visa, Terry co-founded and served as CEO of TrialPay, which was acquired by Visa in 2015. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us on the Warden FinTech Podcast today. Hi, great to be here. So I thought before we get into Visa and your role and responsibilities there, I think our audience would love to hear more about your background prior to becoming the uh, SVP Global Head of FinTech at Visa. What prompted you to make the move to Visa in 2015? Yeah, so um, my, my background actually um, is mostly in uh, startups. I was uh, an early employee and co-founder of a number of e-commerce and payment companies. Uh, back in 2006, was a co-founder of a company called TrialPay, which was in the payments ecosystem, and we focused on on bringing kind of multi-parties, you know, multiple parties into a traditional two-party transaction. Uh, and that company actually landed up being acquired by Visa in uh, in in uh, 2015. So I spent a number of years um, inside of Visa. Um, running that business and that uh, company has now become um, a sort of you know product architecture for a number of interesting loyalty capabilities inside of Visa. So um, and then about in uh, uh, late 2018, early 2019, I shifted my focus to to uh, to fintechs. Um, and I think one of the one of the reasons why I was interested in the in the fintech role and and you know it sort of made made sense for Visa was having been a payment company that had interacted with Visa, you know, I had some direct experience with what it's like being, you know, a small startup um, having to, for example, connect directly to the Visa network. We had sort of accessed um, uh, some of Visa's real-time alert capabilities, one of the first companies to do that. Um, Actually, we've done that across multiple networks. Uh, And obviously, just dealing with a company like Visa um, it was a, it was a it was a sort of really interesting perspective that I can now bring to our fintech ecosystem as we try to partner with companies both who are small but also companies who are scaling and taking advantage of um, all of the uh, capabilities that Visa has available. Uh, yeah, so that, that makes total sense. I mean, you had, you were on the opposite side of the partnerships with with Visa and. Now sitting in your seat, you are, you know, able to streamline and make that process smoother and easier for all the fintechs that you collaborate with. Um, right. So as as the global head of fintech, what are your roles and responsibilities at Visa? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so why don't I start a bit with, I think, why we're focused on the fintech ecosystem. Um, yeah. You know, today, Visa has about, uh, about $8.8 trillion in payment volume over sort of Visa Net today. Um, by the way, it is almost double that just in cash. There's about $18 trillion of cash around the world. Um, and so if you think about with all of the kind of digitization of payments in the last 10 years, uh, cash is still a growing part of the ecosystem. And so fintechs are a big way that we capture uh, some of the payment flows that today are kind of not on the visa visa rails, including cash. Um, we recently had, had an investor day and talked about the $185 trillion 
of payment flows that today are outside of the Visa ecosystem. There's about 120 trillion just on kind of B2B transactions. Um, there's about 30 trillion in uh, business to to uh, to consumers. If you think about things like payroll, one of the one of the interesting trends around payroll is it's becoming more real time. If I'm an Uber driver and I want to get paid for the last you know 10 hours of my work, I don't have to wait until the 14th of the month to get paid. I can push a button and have funds delivered directly to my to my Visa card. Um, you think about all of the sort of P2B. Transactions is about $20 trillion today of person-to-person -person payments, also uh, an opportunity for Visa. And there's a few other areas like, you know, government payments to, uh, you know, to consumers. There's about sort of $10 trillion in that. And then $5 trillion, which again is, you know, a big chunk of our existing payment volume is just in um, uh, B2B marketplaces. And if I'm a, if I'm a customer of Etsy, um, you know, I'm a small merchant, Etsy needs to take a payment from a consumer and then pay me as a merchant. And when there's $5 trillion of payments in that ecosystem, almost all of that today is happening on either you know, cash, wire, wire or, you know, or ATH. And a big part of our focus on FinTech is um, helping access these new payment flows uh, in a way that benefits um, you know, merchants and consumers. So that's that's what sort of gets us excited. Um, in terms of the um, the way that we, are, we approach this, um, I, I'm part of the you know, product group at Visa, and we have a sort of you know partnerships element within that. And we, and we sort of do three things. One is we focus on partnerships, uh, fintech partnerships, companies like Chime and uh, uh, Revolut in the in the sort of neobank space, uh, companies like Square, um, who are sort of large digital wallets. Um, Rapi, Stripe, etc. We uh, we have a group that focuses on investments. Uh, just invested in a company called Phoenix recently, which is like a payment infrastructure company. Uh, Bankable, which is a banking as a service um, uh, business. Uh, but we also invested in many other types of businesses over the years. Companies like Klarna, which does um, you know point of sale lending. Branch, which is focused on um, accessing um, sort of unbanked customers around the world. So um, that's an area that we're sort of, you know, are actively looking at. And then the third element is just programs um, where we structure our engagement with fintechs. And we have a number of commercial programs that are focused on onboarding fintechs uh, onto the Visa um, ecosystem, or actually more generally into the payment ecosystem. Okay. And then we have a number of of products that enable those uh, fintechs to be successful. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you one example of something that frustrated me when I was at TrialPay. Is you can't really call up Visa for your, you know, question about payments or to kind of do a commercial deal. And so we moved a lot of our interaction and engagement with, engagements with fintechs online. So, for example, we have a, a place now called Visa Partner where if you're a tech, you can go and learn about the payment ecosystem. You can apply to some of our commercial programs, uh, in, and you can onboard using our, you know, using our APIs. So those are the kinds of things that we're focused on, and and the areas that I'm sort of directly involved in in the, you know, in the fintech role. Wow, so, so that's interesting. So I mean, it really seems like as Visa works to become more diversified, 
in terms of being able to monetize non-card transactions, you're kind of at the epicenter of that, working on these partnerships with all these emerging fintechs in the B2B payment space, the peer-to-peer uh, payment space. How does Visa engage with these fintechs to improve the quality of its services? Yeah, um, actually, just just one one sort of note. Um, our our focus on fintechs and these new payment flows. Some of them are non-carded flows, but many of them actually introduce a Visa credential into those flows. Um, and and so it's a you know it's a combination of of, of both in the in the sort of B2B uh, space I mentioned there's about 120 trillion or so of of you know, B2B flows. Um, we think a big chunk of that, about 20 trillion, should be carded flows. Um, so, um, you know, the the our, our interest in that area you know, spans kind of multiple use cases, um, and uh, you know, just, just wanted to point that out. In in terms of the um, and, and sorry, oh, sorry, I'm I'm just I'm just curious, what makes some of those flows make sense to be more carded flows versus non-card uh, transactions? Yeah, so. I'll give you, you know, um, an example um, in in the sort of virtual card space. So, um, in a sort of, you know, maybe 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 two examples. One is in travel. Um, you know, today a lot of um, OTA companies, right? So these, those are the online travel agencies. They're first collecting payments from a consumer. Typically, that's done with a card payment. Um, but they have to turn around and make payments to the airlines and hotels. And um, those payments have historically been sort of check and wire. And they're moving to virtual cards, which really have much greater digital fidelity. So, for example, if you're going to get you know, a wire for 10,000 flights today, um, that it's very hard to reconcile that with all of the passengers that have actually booked those flights. If right. instead those transactions are 10,000 individual virtual cards, which each carry the reservation ID, and each of them can be um, you know, refunded if somebody cancels, or if, for example, I change my flights and you know, annoyingly the airline has to charge me for that, um, mm-hmm. I have a payment credential that I can use to then um, you know, update that particular line item. So, if you if you look at the back end of B2B payments, um, you've got a whole range of capabilities that are available on virtual cards that you don't have in sort of traditional ACH rails. That's one example of converting those flows to carded flows, albeit you know virtual cards. Um, right. So, that makes um, sense. so rather than swapping from card a card transaction to an ACH, keep it all on a card network, go from cards to virtual cards and make it simpler and more traceable. Yeah, I mean, in, in this particular example, these are kind of two separate stages. There's the consumer transaction in stage one, and then there's the, you know, B2B transaction in, you know, in stage two. So it isn't the same card that's being used. Right. Um, the, the OTA is effectively saying, I've gotten money from Terry for his, for his flight, and now I'm going to you know, pay, uh, you know, pay the airline. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so back to your, to your question about some of the, um, some of the programs that we're running. Right. Um, yeah. You know, perhaps the best way to kind of talk about what we're doing is to talk about our fast track program. So um, if you're, you know, a FinTech and you're trying to work with Visa, um, what we want to do is, you know, make it incredibly easy for you to be able to engage with the payment ecosystem and work with us. 
And our fast track program um, is, de is designed around easily onboarding you into the program. So we, uh, we just announced our, our U.S. version of the fast track program. We have fast track programs in every region. Um, and um, the, the, the goal here is for fintechs to be able to quickly um, figure out which ecosystem partners they should work with. In many cases, fintechs are working with uh, an issuer processor, a bank sponsor, and a program manager. So what we've done is we found the, the you know, best-in-class partners in each of those areas uh, and vetted them and made them available to fintechs. We also uh, bring, to, uh, bring to bear uh, visa expertise, payment expertise, um, that, um, uh, that fintechs can use in order to launch a card program or, or to do push payments. Um, and we put this together in a program and made it all available online. And so a fintech can apply to the program, um, uh, and once they're approved, we make available these partners that can help them quickly launch um, you know, their, their particular uh, use case, whether it's a, a neobank, a digital wallet, et cetera. Um, in fact, one of the most kind of downloaded pieces of content on our Visa partner site is uh, is push payments. And so, um, you know, a lot of our fintechs are very much focused on card issuance and also moving money uh, between consumers and merchants. And um, a big part of serving this ecosystem is making sure that they know um, what capabilities Visa has so they can embed those into these new payment flows that we've been talking about. Interesting. So you're, you guys are picking essentially best-in-class acquirers, issuers, other people that help facilitate payments, and working with them to recommend them to you know new emerging fintechs that look to partner with you. Yeah, yeah, correct. So in, in, in the U.S., just to be clear, our, our sort of ecosystem partners focus on issuer processing, bank sponsors, um, uh, program managers, and then we've also added partners who manage things like, you know, KYC AML. Like you, you know, if you're a, if you're any participant in the financial ecosystem and you're issuing, you know, a Visa credential, you're responsible for that, um, uh, for 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 you know managing the sort of process around KYC. And we have vendors and partners who help with that. Um, we have a partner um, uh, called um, uh, called Alloy that actually does that. Uh, we focus on PCI compliance um, so that you know, after you've um, set up your neobank and connected to, to Visa through an issuer processor, you still have to be very careful about the information that you are managing around consumers. We have a partner called VGS that helps um, extract that complexity away. So all these building blocks that, that are part of the, the payment technology stack are made available in a program um, to, our, to our FinTech ecosystem. And again, our, our goal is just to make it very easy for these companies to onboard into the payment ecosystem and really just be Visa by default. You know, we, we would love it if, if every fintech um, that is launching a card program or looking to move money is just by default Visa. And we understand that you know, some of those use cases may, you know, may or may not pan out. That's okay. We will help these companies um, integrate into the payment ecosystem, you know, on our rails. Right. Speaking of the uh, payment ecosystem and the community you are building, you're, you just added a very big player to that community with the Plaid acquisition. I'm curious, 
what your take on the plat acquisition is um, from Visa. Yeah, so, you know, there isn't much that I can say about the plat acquisition right now. You know, we're, we're still sort of going through the, um, uh, you know, the phase where the, you know, where the deal needs to be approved. But we're incredibly excited about the capabilities that, you know, that plat brings to bear. Um, you know, one in four um, U.S. consumers with a bank account has used Plaid to connect to over 2,600 fintechs. Um, so we think that's an incredible asset, and we're you know we're excited to work with that team. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense. We're excited to see what you guys end up doing with Plaid. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot on the horizon for you uh, as you wait for that to get approved and closed. So we talked a lot about Visa and its partners uh, in the fintech space. You obviously have a very big community. What are some of the most innovative and disruptive fintechs in the payment space that you guys are partnering with that kind of gets you very excited? Um, we talked about Chime, Revolut, Square. Which of, which of these are really innovating and changing uh, the way you guys look at the payments ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the sort of terrific and really privileged kind of, you know, position that Visa has is to be an observer in all of this incredible innovation that's happening today, whether it's uh, in neobanks, um, you know, in, in the sort of developed world, that's more about creating new consumer experiences. In the developing world, it's more about creating um, um, sort of new use cases for, you know, unbanked. We added something like 500 million Visa cards to, to underbanked and unbanked individuals since, uh, since you know, 2015. And when I say we, it was these are, it's our partners, it's our, it's our banks, uh, neobanks who are, who are actually doing that. Um, so, you know, we, we get to see a lot of this innovation. I'll maybe focus on, on one area that kind of maybe is interesting, um, yeah, which is, you know, which is wallets. If you look around the world, um, you've seen the emergence of closed-loop wallets, um, many of whom kind of started out as competitors, companies like WeChat and um, Alipay or Paytm or uh, Grab and Gojek and Rafi, these are all um, wallets that enable a consumer to load funds into some, you know, digital form. And then typically they're closed loop. I can only pay, uh, if, I, if it was Gojek, I can only pay for my ride share uh, using the Gojek, you know, you know, Gojek app. Or if I was Paytm, I could only pay at, you know, a Paytm um, seller, you know, in India. Increasingly, those companies are uh, going open loop, and they're doing that by adding a Visa credential to those wallets, so that if I am a Gojek customer, um, I can now um, use uh, Gojek through a Visa credential to 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 pay anywhere that Visa is accepted. Uh, if you look at companies like Paytm, they have 500 million you know, consumers, 16 million sellers. Um, by adding a Visa credential, those consumers can now spend their funds anywhere that Visa is accepted. And we're also working with them to increase the number of acceptance points um, so that you know, uh, Visa accepting merchants um, can be part of that ecosystem. Uh, in Africa, we have a company called MFS Africa. Um, they're a sort of pan-African fintech leader focused on mobile money. Same story. They're adding a Visa credential to what was previously a closed-loop um, system, uh, okay. allowing those consumers to be able to make a payment anywhere Visa is accepted. Um, we have about 3.6 billion Visa credentials in circulation today, 
and we think um, just the wallet ecosystem uh, that we're talking about today can add another billion Visa credentials. So that's kind of one trend that I think is interesting without sort of going into, you know, all of the ones that I think we have the, pro you know, sort of the privilege of, of seeing evolve across the, the payments landscape. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I mean, from, it seems like from almost day one of the partnership, you're able to broaden the number of places that these guys are able to facilitate payments at um, for their customers. So it, it seems like a huge value add to, you know, enter into that Visa community and uh, ecosystem. So I guess my next question then is, what are the challenges that you see Visa facing um, in the rapidly evolving payments landscape? Are there hurdles derived from increased competition, regulatory scrutiny, is real-time payments a threat, and how, what is Visa's strategy for meeting these trends? Yeah, so, you know, I think if um, you, you sort of mentioned the rapidly changing ecosystem, payments has um, undergone significant change, you know, certainly in the last 10 years, the, the, the pace of change, you know, has accelerated. Um, and I think wherever we go, there are um, competing ways to pay. Um, and I, I think the way that Visa is approaching this um, really is to focus on the opportunity. If you look at the $185 trillion of payment flows that we are yet to participate in versus the sort of $8.8 trillion today, um, it's, it's all about executing on, on those new, you know, on those, you know, on those new flows. So it's sort of three things that, that I've looked at. One is just you know, adding credentials, as I mentioned, to um, uh, ecosystem partners who have a store of value. Um, we think that's a win-win, even for companies that, you know, compete with us on part of the, you know, sort of transaction ecosystem. Um, we uh, very much sort of see Visa uh, as evolving into a network of networks, meaning that we will move money across Visa-owned networks, such as VisaNet, uh, or B2B Connect, which is our, you know, high-value, low-transaction-volume business, but we'll also move money across non-Visa networks like, um, you know, ACH and, you know, SWIFT networks. We uh, bought a company called Earthport that helps us reach about 99% of banks around the world. And so oh, wow. our, our goal is to be able to um, move money wherever consumers and merchants you know, want those flows to occur and to enable an ecosystem of partners to use those capabilities to capture some of these flows that, again, we think are, you know, many, many, many times the size of the existing payment volume that exists on Visa today. Um, and then maybe I'll add, you know, a third area that we're focused on is value-added services. When you look at um, running any kind of payment network, you ultimately land up spending a lot of time thinking about fraud digital identity, and security. And those are all areas we, we have significant investments, uh, both in machine learning capabilities, uh, in the data that we see, um, uh, in the sort of, you know, um, um, sort of scale of our, of, our, of our systems. And so increasingly you'll find solutions from Visa um, that can be applied to other networks that we can put on top of those networks so that the transaction integrity, safety, and security um, are, are all increased. Um, so, you know, if we focus on those three areas, I think we'll be pretty busy and, um, you know, that'll be a large opportunity for ourselves, for our investors, and for our ecosystem. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems like being in your seat at Visa, uh, you have a large role to play in expanding those credentials and uh, broadening that net for your customers and for your network of networks. Lastly, I want to ask you about what innovations and trends in the payment space are you and Visa most excited about? How do you envision the payments landscape to look 10 years from now? Um, I know no one probably could have guessed what it would look like today, 10 years ago, but I'm curious where you and Visa see, see the landscape moving. So, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I want to predict 10 years out, but maybe I'll talk about some trends today that I think are interesting. And, you know, if they continue, um, you know, we, we can sort of extrapolate where things are going. Um, you know, one is I, I think there's a much broader realization that fintech is the business model for an increasingly large number of companies. Um, and so by that I mean, um, you know, increasingly if you look at um, uh, companies who are really selling enterprise software are monetizing through financial services. You look at companies like um, Toast, which are kind of managing point-of-sale systems and restaurant reservation systems. They're a SaaS business, but also a lot of their revenues come from payment services. Um, I think uh, you know Matt, Matt Harris at, at Bain has talked about the fact that about eight percent of payments in the in in the in the U.S. market today is effectively driven by software companies. We call that you know embedded payments. That's going to increase. Um, you know just to sort of drive this point home, if you look at what's happening in the in, in the spend management category, um, you know businesses typically uh, when they get to a certain size. Um, enterprise software manages the PO process, you know, how we how companies engage with uh, you know with suppliers. And that process um, is is slowly introducing virtual cards um, into that ecosystem. So that rather than have a, a an invoice show up, have somebody approve it and then have a wire go out, um, you can instantly create a payment credential to an authorized user, have them make a payment automatically reconcile that transaction um, you know, without having to have all, all of the delays of you know, the, you know, the sort of existing ecosystem. So I think increasingly we will see companies um, build uh, their business model around fintech. That's, that's one trend. Um, maybe another one is just um, on the consumer side, I think we'll see a lot more automation of my financial decisions. You know, I get paid every week, and uh, I should be saving a certain amount of, you know, of that payroll, uh, which, which I do, but it takes an effort. I have to remember that. I have to put it aside. You know, increasingly, uh, fintechs through companies like Plaid can access, uh, you know, w- with you know, with permission, can can figure out when I have received funds from my employer, automatically move, you know, 10% of those funds into a high yield savings account. Um, mm-hmm. Companies like Acorns, um, you know, effectively encourage savings every time you spend. They'll, you know, they'll round up part of the transaction and move it into a, you know, uh, in, into an asset that is a sort of, you know, savings asset. Um, so increasingly, I think we'll see more of that um, because as consumers, you, you know, we all have the same goals, but it takes a lot of effort to be able to, um, you know, to, to, to sort of be a good steward of our own funds. And we'll see fintechs, I think, take on some of those challenges. Um, 
the lost area that we kind of see today is just some of the merging between fintechs and the and the sort of traditional banking ecosystem. Uh, you know, Lending Club, uh, one of the original peer-to-peer lending networks, um, just bought a, uh, a bank called Radius Bank, and so they're that's an interesting you know merger. Um, Varo just um, recently got you know a U.S. banking license, uh, and so I think we'll start to see uh, a merging between these two ecosystems as uh, uh, bank partners learn from fintechs and fintechs learn from banks. No, those are three fantastic insights, um, and I, I completely agree with with those being some of the predominant trends within the payments landscape. I think it's about all the time we have, but Terry, thank you so much for joining us today on the Warden FinTech Podcast. It was great to have you on and get your insights on uh, what's happening with FinTech and FinTech and Visa. Yeah, great. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and you know, congrats on uh, uh, your success on the on the pod- podcast. Seems like you guys are, are, are growing, and very happy to uh, – to help contribute.